again, appreciate all of you being here on this Wednesday night. We're going to read tonight out of the book of Joshua. Out of chapter number 19, two verses, 49 and 50. Joshua 19, verses 49 and 50. I'll be honest with you, the last couple of days uh, have been busy in preparation as a coach, coaching those boys, uh, getting ready for that to, to start. But uh, it's not just been busy, it's been uh, difficult to get my mind wrapped around what God wanted to say for this service. I'm telling you, uh, it was... Uh, Yesterday and last night, and literally all day today, uh, you, you have thoughts that God speaks to you in prayer, but I couldn't get a single thought to just flow. And usually if God speaks a thought into my heart, I start following that thought or that expression in the Word of God that flows into what God's wanting to say to me, but... Uh, I'm telling you, it was an absolute struggle. If it was underneath the surface, I had to get a pickaxe to get anything to uh, to break loose. But I'm thankful that a little bit after lunch today, I started feeling like I had the mind of God for the service and then just spent the rest of the afternoon. So uh, it's really been a day for me along with God, just in his word. Uh, even, if, even if you are picking and Digging, that's, that's, those are good things. Yeah. There are worse things you could be doing than digging around in the Word of God yeah. and uh, wanting God just to speak to you from his heart. And uh, I feel like he did that, so I want to share it with you tonight. Joshua 19, verse number 49. When they had made an end of dividing the land for inheritance by their coast, the children of Israel gave an inheritance to Joshua, the son of Nun, among them. According to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked, even Timnath-Serah in Mount Ephraim. And he built the city and dwelt therein. I want to read verse 50 again. According to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked. Even Timnath Sirah in Mount Ephraim, he built the city and dwelt therein. I've never preached on this text ever before in my life, but I've preached on the topic and the subject that I want to preach on tonight many times. And it's one of my favorite subjects. I want to title a message, A Double Portion. A Double Portion. Father, we thank you again for your word. I pray you'll speak to our heart. Give us a heart of understanding, O oh God, ears that hear. And I pray, O oh God, your spirit would speak very clear, very distinct, very expressly to our heart tonight, your will, Lord God, concerning what we're going to preach on tonight. It is your will that each and every one of us as believers be absolutely full of the Holy Ghost. I pray you'd fill us all on this Wednesday night, Lord. Even though we're few in number, 
We need the Holy Ghost. Lord, not just theologically, not just doctrinally, I am going to need the baptism of the Holy Ghost and to be full of God for the days that are coming. God, I want to be your vessel. This body is your temple. Fill me full tonight. And oh, God, I'll praise you right now for it. And it's in Christ's name we ask. You love him, would you say amen? amen? According to the word of the Lord, they gave him, that is, they gave Joshua the city which he asked, even Timnath Sirah and Mount Ephraim, and he built the city and dwelt therein. Timnath Sirah is a compound word that means in the Hebrew an abundant portion. Timnath Sirah, an abundant portion, or more literally, it means a double portion. Amen. We know that double portion, or we know that a double portion was the right of the firstborn, according to the law of Moses. A double portion of the inheritance of the forefathers was given to the firstborn. All the rest of the children received a worthy portion but a double portion or an abundant portion was given to the firstborn. We see it most often mentioned in the story of Elijah and Elisha, where Elisha asked for a double portion of the spirit that rested upon Elijah. And that's found in 2 Kings 2 and 9 that came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And I've never looked at it like this before, but uh, commentary said that he was actually praying, adopt me as your spiritual son and give me the rights of a firstborn son and let my portion be my double portion as a firstborn son. Let it be your spirit. I don't want your life to have been in vain. I don't want the, the anointing that rested upon you, the spirit God poured out upon you, the wisdom you possess, the power that flowed from your life. I don't want it to die with you. Let a double portion, a worthy portion of what God put in you, let it be found in me when, you, when you're gone. We see it in Samson. In Judges uh, chapter 14 and verse number five, it said, then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath. It's the same place that Joshua asked for except years later. Samson went down with his father and his mother to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath and behold, a young lion roared against him. Timnath again means a, a double portion. And vineyards were the place of fruitfulness. Uh, and we know that that also represents, uh, you know, spirit field. It's when you ask for this abundant life, this spirit field and fruitful life, uh, you can look for the lion or the enemy to begin to roar against you. <coughs> Entering into the promised land, 
that this is what's happening in our text. Joshua and the children of Israel enter into the promised land and they are being lotted out uh, their inheritance throughout the promised land. Every tribe received an inheritance. Uh, the only <coughs> people that didn't get land allotted to them were Joshua. He, he, his, he was the son of Jephunneh who was actually a proselyte to the Jews, which is a very interesting story, but he had his, uh, he, he, he considered the, 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 the people of, uh, of Ephraim, his, his brethren. And so as the, the, the Levites also had no land allotted unto them, but as they enter into the promised land as a whole, as a group, but I don't know if you've ever realized it, but the promised land is not a type of heaven. Right. The promised land is a type of, of, of victory right. in Jesus. It is a type of uh, you've entered into the promises of God and you've entered into abundant living. The promised land, the land of Canaan, had the enemy in it. Heaven is not going to have a devil in it. If that represents heaven, then there's battles yet to fight and yeah. devils left to defeat. He ain't getting in that city. Yeah. Amen. The Bible said no sin will be found in that city. So it don't represent heaven, but it represents Pentecost, if you will. They left, uh, listen, they left Egypt and they had to cross the Red Sea. And the apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth uh, said that they were all baptized uh, as a body when they passed through the Red Sea. It was a type of baptism. When you leave Egypt, uh, it is a type of deliverance from the slavery and the bondage of sin. And you're baptized uh, into the body of Christ by the Spirit of God. But then as being a part of the body of Christ, you go on and you go on and you press in unto victory. That is abundant life. Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. We know that you're saved, you're born again to be filled with the fullness of God. What's true in the natural is true in the spiritual. You don't get born to stay a baby. You get born to, to be nurtured, developed, and to grow into maturity. And that's the way it is when you get born again. You're born again. You're in Christ, but then Christ wants to bring you into his fullness. And that fullness cannot be known outside of the Holy Spirit of God. That's a good place to say amen. Thank you, Brother Steve. So the second crossing, the second body of water represents a second baptism. They left Egypt, uh, went through the Red Sea. That's a baptism, a type of salvation. And when they entered into the promised land, they had to pass through the Jordan. Uh, and that was a second baptism. We know what the second baptism is, don't we? It is a type of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which uh, is a land of abundance. He said, I'm bringing you into a land of abundance, abundant life, uh, a land that flows with milk and honey. You're going to be given victory over all of your enemies. 
Amen. So it's a type of the baptism of the Holy Ghost uh, as they enter into a land of milk and honey, a land uh, of victory over the enemy and a land of abundance. But Israel, most of them as a people, stopped short of God's fullness. And that was always their besetting sin, stopping short uh, of everything God had for them. You have to grow. You have to desire growth. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Hunger and thirst are natural attributes of every human being. Your body knows it has to grow. Your body knows that it needs nourishment and nutrients in order to provide growth. And your body craves and it longs. That's what hunger and thirst is. If a man's not hungry, he's dying. If somebody's not thirsty, they're dying. You can't just uh, get out and work uh, and sweat uh, and lose all your fluids. Uh, if you never drink, if you're not thirsty, something's wrong. Your body's breaking down. You're dying. My grandpa, I told that story before, 10 days with no food and no water. It, it pained me to watch it. The skin wrapped over bones. I thought they're starving him to death. I tried to get him to eat or drink. It would aggravate the nurse and aggravate my mom at times. But I said, they're not going to starve my grandpa to death. They're not going to. He's been days and days without anything to drink. He's got to have something to drink. And finally the nurse said, you don't understand. He's dying. His body's eating itself. His body's absorbing its own fluids. He's just wasting away, but he's not hungry and he's not thirsty. The body's just feeding on itself until it's going to be gone. If you're not hungry and if you're not thirsty for more of God, what God birthed in you is dying. Listen, he said, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be, what? Feel. Desire, he said, the sincere milk of the word that you may, what? Grow thereby. You weren't born physically to stay a baby, and if you don't grow and develop, you will die. The same is true spiritually. You weren't born again to sit on a pew. That's right. The pew has become the dinner table where you receive nourishment. I love church. I love you can ask my wife. I like to hear preaching as much as I love to preach. I listen to it all the time. And I was telling her that the other day. I said, I love the word. If I'm not reading it or studying it, I like to hear it. I like to hear anointed men preaching. She said, I know all the time. She tells me all the time, don't you have any headphones, earphones, ear, you know, earbuds or whatever you call them, you can stick in your ear. That's all I hear all the time. I can't help it. I'm hungry for it. All God's been saying to me is I want you to possess more than you've ever had before. I want you to be, I can't word it right, but I want you to desire to be more Yes, yes. 
I want you to desire for an increased capacity so that I can fill you with more of myself than what you've ever even desired before. That's all I can think of. We preached it a couple of weeks ago. Things that God wants you to ask for more of. And every time I read, I'm going back to that one message and saying, there it is again, Lord. You're wanting me to have more. You want me to possess more. You want me to crave and desire and ask for more. God is stirring my spirit up saying, quit being satisfied with what you have. Don't even look to the past. Blessings and God has blessed us mightily in our past, but God said, I want you to have more than what you've ever had before. Yeah. Listen, the pew is your, is your place of nourishment. It's your classroom it, it, where you're to grow your mind in Christ. And this world then becomes the proving ground where you put to use and practice what you gain in here. You, you get nourished at home so that you can go in the world and work and put the nourishment to use. Joshua was not to settle with Pentecost given, but it had to be Pentecost received, an inheritance. Listen, the Holy Ghost has been given. I get that. I hear that all the time. Well, they have the tarry. Tarry until you be endued with power. We don't have to tarry. The Holy Ghost has already been given. All we have to do is ask. But uh, ask is a big word in the Bible. You know, if you read in Psalms chapter 2, the Lord said unto my Lord, Ask of me, and I shall give unto thee the heathen for thine inheritance. And Brother Clendenin said, God spoke that to him over 50 years ago and said, To ask means you have to die. To ask of me means you have to give unto me. If you want the Holy Ghost, then I have to have your all. I have to have all of your heart, all of your passion, all of your desire. The Bible said the tongue is the smallest member of your body, but it's the hardest one to tame. And God said, this world will know that I've got all of you when that tongue belongs to me. That's Amen. Amen. So Joshua couldn't be settled They've entered into the promised land. The promise has been given to the children of God. Hallelujah. But God says to Joshua, no, no. I want you to ask me for your own personal inheritance. It's not even good enough that you're with Ephraim and you enter into their allotment of land that's given unto them. No, no. I want to give you your own personal inheritance. He did that for nobody else but under Joshua. At some time, God, it says, it was given unto him, his inheritance was, his allotment, it says, according to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked. At some time, along with God, God had to say unto him, ask me, just like he said to Elisha, ask me what I shall do for thee before I be taken from thee. Yeah. 
Ask me what you what it what it is that you want me to do for you. God stirring up Elisha. You know, Elijah is a type of Christ uh, that's to be taken up uh, and taken away. And Elisha being a type uh, of the disciple and the church that is to follow out, that is to look to him and to follow after him. Ask me what it is you want from me. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit, the right of the firstborn. I want your life. I want your power. I want your wisdom. I want the touch of God that was upon your life. Anything less would be a disappointment if you look at what Christ left in that upper room and what we have today in America. I believe God, rightly so, should be stirring us up if we're close to the rapture and you have to know we are. Then rightfully God should be stirring us up. Ask me what it is that I want to give to you before you be taken away from this earth. And he stirred us up to ask him for more. Don't be satisfied. Don't just sit and let life pass you by. You, you read that book of Acts and you have to know that God wants to give you more. It was given to Joshua according to the word of God. So number one, if we're looking to inherit or receive a double portion, which is a, a type of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, uh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, to be full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, it is given unto us according to the word of God. It is God's expressed and determined will for his children to ask him for the Holy Ghost. I think it needs to be preached and re-preached out of every point. I believe it needs to be preached to most pulpits. Not just out of the pulpit, but I believe we need to we need to set the licensed and ordained preachers down and say, I want the most Pentecostal, Holy Ghost filled fire-breathing and anointed preaching in our ranks. I want you to set for a week. We're going to hold a, a, a council and we're not going to vote on anything. We're not going to determine anything. I just want God to renew in you his desire for you to be full of the Holy Ghost. I think it needs to be preached to the pulpit. And then I think it rightly needs to come from the pulpit. Less than 15%. This is a long time ago I heard this statistic that less than 15% of the membership of the Assemblies of God profess to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I said, well, you can't rightly even call us a spirit-filled denomination then. Because uh, 85% of us uh, don't have the Spirit. And you think we don't need revival? You think the church of God's in just as bad a shape? And most of what calls itself Pentecost is in just as bad a shape? And you wonder what's wrong with our nation. What, prof what professes to have and know and possess the power of God 
don't even have the power of God. But it was given to him according to the word of the Lord. Joshua 19 and 50, according to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked, even Timnath Sirah in the mount in Mount Ephraim, and he built the city and dwelt therein. John 16 and 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, but it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Do you hear that? Jesus said it was expedient for him to be taken away. Why? So he could send the Holy Ghost to the church. He, he, he desires the church to be full of the Holy Ghost. Matthew 3 and 11, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. Uh, this is John the Baptist speaking, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Acts 1 and 4, being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. He said, ye shall receive the Holy Ghost. Not many days hence. He said, behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. John truly baptized with water, Acts 1 and 5, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. The promise comes according to the word of God. Well, if God wants me to have the Holy Ghost, he'll just give it to me. No, he won't. Joshua, you're walking into the promised land. The whole land of Canaan has been given. But I need you to ask me for your allotment of it. I need you to ask me which part of it you want. He said, I want Tim Nath Sirah. I want a double portion. Everybody else might be satisfied with a mountain. Somebody else might be satisfied with living on the coast. Somebody else might be satisfied, you know, with a, a farm and some acreage and a vineyard on it. I want a double portion of what you promised I could have. I want it. I need it if I'm to live in this land, if I'm to have victory over my enemy then I need this double portion. I'm going to possess the land. I need a double portion. I'm going to have power over the devil. I need a double portion. If you're going to live in Biden's America, you're going to need a double portion. I know it's Wednesday, and I know there's only a few here, but I feel like God is talking to us tonight as a church. You're going to receive a double portion. You're going to have to know that it's God's will for you to have it. Him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, 
to him it's a sin. Listen, you know God wants you to be full of the Holy Ghost and you just won't seek it because you're lazy, then that will keep you out of heaven. Somebody says, you don't have to have the Holy Ghost now to go to heaven. You sure don't. Uh, but if you know God's dealing with you to pray for it uh, and you won't pray, something's wrong. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. Yes. I feel like running through a troop and leaping over a wall. I ain't mad at nobody. But I am full of desire. Shalabahasi and me. I said my heart is hungry for more. He had to ask for it. The disciples had to ask for it. Luke 24 and 52. And they worshipped him. And returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. That's in Luke 24 and 53. Right after he told them, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He ascended back to the Father and they returned, the Bible said, to the city of Jerusalem, worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. The Holy Ghost came on the wings of praise. Yeah. I've often said if you want the Holy Ghost, open your mouth and ask for it. If you want the Holy Ghost and you ask for it and you don't know what to do till it comes, be found continually praising and blessing his name and he'll fall on you. I know they were in the upper room for 10 days and that's where it held but they weren't there twiddling their thumbs honey. They were there praising and blessing the Lord. They were there magnifying the name of Jesus until the Holy Ghost came. You get to worshiping God. He'll come again. He'll fall on you. Again if you get to praise him and bless him. Ah, God, I feel it tonight. Amen. I know he's already come. The Holy Ghost has already been given. But the many, he hasn't came into you. The promised land was given, but it had to be inherited, taken, and possessed. Don't fall into Israel's sins of stopping short of God's fullness. Yes, the Holy Ghost has already been given, but so has salvation. And just like salvation must be received, the Holy Ghost has to be received as well. You can learn ministry, and I want you to hear me here, but not misunderstand me. You can learn ministry, but you can't learn Christ. You can send a man to seminary and he not be full of the Holy Ghost uh, and you can put him out uh, and he can preach you a sermonette. Uh, he can preach you a message. Uh, but if there's no power, if there's no option, if there's no life uh, of the Spirit of God in it, uh, you're only producing death. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. It took me a long, long time, hard-headed, for God to make me realize, look, you, 
Like me, I grew up on a ball field. You practice at something, and you got better at it. You worked on your craft. I was a pitcher. I practiced nearly every day and nearly year-round. It's a no wonder I got better than most people. Somebody say, well, I was just naturally talented. You know me too well to believe that. I'm slow as molasses. There wasn't nothing naturally athletic about me other than I was tall and maybe had a long frame. But if, if you were going to be the best, you had to put in your time. You had to put in your work. You can't miss practice and expect you're going to be better than somebody else. I, I had to practice all the time to try to get better. I lifted weights. I ran distance running to, you know, to, to work on my cardio. I did everything I could do to try to be the best. But listen, when God saved me, I gave all that up, but I still had all that mindset and that way of thinking in me. I, I knew God had called me to preach, and now I'm a, I'm a preacher, and I, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost too when God called me to preach. Two months after God filled me with the Holy Ghost, I surrendered to the call to preach, Brother Stephen. I felt like, hey, preaching's like everything else. I'm gonna put in my time prayer. I'm going to put in my time studying. I made my outline. I was always a, you know, a good student in the classroom. English was a, you know, comprehension was one of my strong suits. Uh, I put it all to work. I can make a good outline. I, God would speak to my heart. I had a good message. I could show it to Brother Tim. He's like, my, my son, that thing right there will preach. I'd get behind that pulpit and I couldn't deliver. You don't learn Christ like you learn how to play baseball. You don't learn ministry like you teach a boy how to block on the offensive line, how to come around the edge on the defensive line, how to shoot a gap as a linebacker how to jump and catch the ball as a, at its highest point as a receiver, how to read a defense if he's a quarterback. You don't learn Christ that way. No, no. God had to deprogram my mind. You can't do it. You can't preach without him. You have no power. You have no ability. It's not in you. It ain't in you, I'm telling you. It took me a long time, about five years of utter failure of, of, of just telling the Lord, I can't do it. I'm just a Sunday school teacher at best, but I'd hear my pastor preach. Uh, it flow out of him like a river. He's on fire. I'd see Kenny Morris and Daryl Turner and other Flame brother Harold Hanks come through. It flowed of them, out of him like a river. They were men on fire. I wanted to try to get myself fired up. Uh, I, God had to teach me it ain't in you to preach. There ain't no preaching. I met a man by the name of B.H. Clendon in the struggle of my life. He know better than any of those other men God had put around me. But I guess it was just the right time in my life I read an advertisement for that school of Christ. 
Bonifay, Florida. It was the second school since he had returned home from Russia that he would be holding in the States. I read that advertising on the back of a magazine, just a little clip at the bottom of the magazine. The dates of it, the cost of it. 30 days. The Lord said, I want you in that. I said, Lord, I got to work a job. Keep groceries on the table, pay the light bill, pay my car note. And the Lord said, I'll pay you bills. I want you in that school. So I announced to the church, I told the church I was going to pray for me. I said, don't know how I'm going to go. God said he'd pay the bills. He wanted me in that school. Brother Tim came to me and said, I'll just order it on the, on the CDs or the DVDs and we'll have it right here. You don't have to go to that school. And I said, no, I do have to go because God told me he wanted me in that school. He said, well, you can learn that here. And I said, I don't know if it's learning that I need. I just need something that I don't have. Oh, I feel God in here tonight. I just need something that I don't have. I was called to preach full of the Holy Ghost, led the song service, being used by God in many, many, many ways. But God was saying to me, I want you to ask for more. Here I stand. Over 20 years later, 21 years later, and do you know God is still dealing with my heart to ask him for more? I told him, Brother Tim later told me, so I done lost two or three preachers to Bible schools, and they come back and knew, knew more than I did. Dead, dry, and lifeless with education, you know the Bible says that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. You get a man that's passionately in love with Jesus. He won't be puffed up. You let a man that thinks all he needs is some more knowledge. You can teach him how to do it. Teach him how to be the best at it. Teach him how to learn ministry like you learn a craft. Uh, he'll just be dead but arrogant. Come on. Come on. I said, I don't know if learning's what I need. God just told me to go, and I had people that started coming to me and saying, I want to sponsor you. I know you got to pay your bills. I, I'm going to give you hundred dollars while you're gone. I, several people did that. I had my bills paid for a month. I went. I left Kim. Caleb wasn't here yet. I left Kim and two girls at home. I missed them sorely. I did. I was in Bonifay, Florida, so just far enough I couldn't drive back on a Sunday. We had uh, Sundays off so Brother Clendenin could preach in churches. But the other six days we was in class on Sunday, I just, wherever he would preach at on Sunday, I'd go hear him preach. It's too far for me to drive home, turn around, drive right back. So I didn't see the kids for 30 days. I didn't see Kim for 30 days. About three weeks in, I'm in the balcony of that church, that local Assembly of God church where we was having the 
meetings at at night. I'm up there weeping and crying. I said, God, I'm three weeks in. I'm 21 days into this thing. I've only got one week left. And God, I still don't know what it is that you're trying to give me. I'm, in that, I'm fasting in that school too. I mean, I'm doing all I can do. And God said to me, all I've ever wanted to do is give you my life. God took me from Genesis and walked me all the way through Revelation right there in that balcony, racing through my mind a million miles an hour. Behold, I give unto you life. Choose life that you might live. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. It's about a book of life, a river of life, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He said, my life can't flow unless your life gets out of the way. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Hallelujah. The Lord said, I brought you here so you would die to what you are and what you're trying to be. And God said, you don't learn me like you learn arithmetic. Right. And God said to me, Brother Minks, you can't preach. But I've called you to be a preacher. And I said, God, I don't even understand that. You're telling me I can't preach, but you call me to be a preacher. What are you asking from me? He said, I am a preacher if you would let me preach through you. He said, I am that river of life. You have to let me flow through you. I'm telling you, something in me broke. It was like a dam of my own personal will broke. I'm telling you, uh, you couldn't have seen it. My eyes were closed, but something opened up through that church roof and the balcony. I'm telling you, a torrent, a flood, a mighty river of the Holy Ghost came. Brother Timmy Bradley, who was there as a visitor, he wasn't going through the school, but we were friends, and he was coming to the night services for a few days, and he could see my struggle without knowing. He could just see I was battling something and he'd come up in that balcony, you know, praying next to me. We were acquaintances, knew each other. Two or three of the other guys that were from the Mississippi area, they, we were all up in the balcony together. I'm telling you, when that river, when that flood hit my soul, it was like revival broke out in me instantly. I was laid out in the floor. Brother Timmy Bradley's laid out in the floor. Him other boys from Mississippi got to bucking and shouting. And revival had come. I'm telling you, not only did it come to me, it came to that school. And the last week of that school was like a heaven on earth. That man would preach and the spirit of God would flow. When I came back home, Brother Tim called me in the office. He said, look now. I'm going to tell you, don't come in here thinking that you know more than me and trying to set the church straight. You've been in heaven for a month. The rest of us has been doing, working our job and going about our lives. And you need to acclimate back into this church. I started weeping. I said, I would never do anything to override or overrule your authority. I owe everything to what you poured in me. But I'm more equipped now to help you than I've ever been. I'm out of the way and I've become a vessel full of God. This 
body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Yeah, hallelujah. I don't know. We went from about 10 or 12 to about 20 or 25 in the youth group. We went from two or three having the Holy Ghost to every single last one of them getting full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, brother Scotty Allen was courting Ginger at the time. They were boyfriend and girlfriend. He had come up from Midway on a, on, on a Friday night and getting our youth services. God laid that boy out on a Friday night and filled him with the Holy Ghost in one of our Friday night youth services. Uh, and he's uh, preaching the gospel tonight. You got to ask for it. Somebody said, if he wants me to have it, he'll just let it drop down out of heaven and it'll hit me like a brick falling off of a balcony. And if it's the will of God for me to have it, I'll have it. Not if you don't ask for it. Not if you don't seek for it. Not if you don't desire it. You can speak in tongues without the Spirit. Some do. But there's no power. It's not real. You can give can you give out an interpretation without the Spirit? I'd give you the same answer. Some do. There's no power in it. Not real. Can you learn how to cast out a devil? Nope. One of the most dangerous things in the kingdom is to teach people how to do ministry without the Spirit. You ever think you can do this without the power of the Holy Ghost? You're sunk. You're sunk. You're in a rut that you'll never get out of. Don't put the cart in front of the ox, but wait on God to do his full work in you. Freely you've received, freely give. If you've never received, then what are you giving? The letter kills, but it takes the spirit to give life. I can preach, but if the life of Christ is not flowing out of me, I'm still ministering death. Because people can't live my doctrine. I've watched people preach so mean and preach so hard that nobody can live it. That ain't Christ. That ain't the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. No, but the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, if he preaches righteousness, if he preaches separation, if he preaches holiness, he does it that makes it the joy of your life. <laughs> I love righteousness. I love holiness. But I'm not a mean-spirited man that preaches it like death. If it comes out of me, you won't be able to live it. But if it comes out of Christ, out of Christ you'll crave for it. You'll long, you'll run after it. You'll desire it like a tree of life. Listen. I was in here preaching one Sunday. Kirsten, come help me. I ain't going to finish. I, I got to quit or I'll preach all night. I was in here preaching one Sunday. And the, I was getting toward the end of my message. 
talking about life, the letter kills, but the Spirit of God brings life. I was through, about through preaching. I had everybody stand. It's about to give the altar call. Holy Ghost told me, he said, he pointed to Mary Rayleigh, who was about where Brother Terry and Sister Linda are sitting. She was standing. He said, you point Sister Mary and tell her what she's been troubled in her heart and in her mind about and what's been worrying her and bothering her. Tell her I fixed it. That it ain't there no more. I just took care of it. That ain't me. That is not me. I just ain't one to just blurt out no kind of word of wisdom or word of knowledge or word of prophecy. I mean, you, I better know that I know that I know that it's God for I'm going to say that. But it hit me. I'm telling you, it hit me. The hand of God's on me. I said, Sister Mary Rayleigh, I don't know what it is, but God told me to tell you whatever's been troubling your mind, your heart, whatever's been wrong, he just fixed it. He just done it. Whatever you've been asking or needing God to do, it's done. Right now, she just started weeping. We came back to church the next week. She's still weeping. She said, it found a spot on me. One of my tests. She said, I hadn't told Homer. I ain't told nobody. So I didn't want nobody to carry what I was carrying. She said, but... I just knew after what she called Big Homer Daddy. I just knew after what Daddy had gone through that I was fixing to face my own bout with cancer. And it was going to be bad. And she said, I was terrified. She said, I prayed, oh God, if it be your will, let that spot go away. Heal me or whatever it is, Lord. And when they go to look for it again, don't let it be there. She had to go back for some other different type of test. CT scan or I don't know what kind of scan it was. And she was weeping. She told me, she said, Brother, you didn't know it was there. She told me about what the doctor had told her. She said, but when they run the second scan, she said it was gone. nowhere Jesus is the only one that can do that that was on a Sunday morning I preached again that morning I testified to the church what had happened we all rejoiced I didn't tell them all the details but I just told them Sister Mary had got a bad report went back to the doctor and got a report it ain't there we praised God I preached gave the altar call another lady standing right here. She ain't even serving the Lord now as far as I know. She's standing right here. I mean tears was flowing like a river and the Holy Ghost said tell her what I did for Mary Rayleigh last Sunday. I just did for her this Sunday. I just leaned down and said that into her ear. She lifted her hands and praised God. She come back the next Sunday. She said they had found a spot she said they told me most likely that I was going to have breast cancer. They'd seen it too many times before. She said, I'm devastated. It runs in my family. 
It runs in my mom and my sisters. It just runs in my family. I've always been terrified of it. I've always dreaded to, to hear those words. And I was devastated. And she said, then you told me what God did for Sister Mary. He just did for me. And she said, I went back. I had another scan did. It's gone. It's gone. She never had no surgery that I know of. It's still gone. I'm just telling you, Pentecost, the power, the fullness, the anointing. I know it's been given, but God said you ain't asking for it. It's been given, it's being poured out sometimes all around you. But God said you haven't decided it like he wants you to decide. For my promises are true. My word is forever faithful, saith God. It is my desire and expressed will. From the word of God, I have told you and I have commanded you that it is my desire that you be full of the Holy Spirit. Why have you waited this long, saith God? Where is your hunger? Where is your thirst? Why is your appetite so satisfied when you are so empty, saith the Lord? I call you to newness this night. I call you to renew your hunger, to renew your desire, to renew the thirst of the craving for my spirit and my fullness in your life, saith the Lord. For I know the things that you have need of before you pray. And before you ask, and the days that are coming, saith God, you will need my fullness in order to be my witness in the earth, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. On a Wednesday night, I know I've just blew the whole time allotment up. I don't even know what time it is, but I can feel the lateness of the hour, and we're supposed to be heading home on a Wednesday night, but I'm telling you, the will and the desire of God is for you to come to this altar and ask and believe God for more, for more of his spirit than you've ever sought after in your life, to be utterly full of the Holy Ghost. Would you meet me in this altar tonight?